Well, good morning. It is good to see you. We are continuing our series from uh, the past two weeks where Andrew kind of kicked us off. We're kind of applying all these ideas to different um, ideas about working out. So today we're talking about building muscle. We're specifically going to talk about uh, spiritual gifts. And so get ready because we're going to have some fun today. Let me pray for us and then we're going to jump in. Jesus, uh, what a gift it is to know you and to be known by you. Jesus, we are so thankful that we get the chance uh, to have you as our Lord and Savior. Uh, at the end of the day, we are given gifts. And today we want to understand what that looks like, what that means, what to do with that. And so we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you to speak to our hearts, to our minds. Uh, thanks for this passage that Paul wrote uh, years and years and years and years ago. And may we just benefit from it today. Open our hearts and our minds to hear your voice. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So I, I don't know about you, but I can remember the first time that I um, changed a tire on my car. Okay. Uh, my dad had told me and taught me how to do this. I'd practiced with him, but it's different when you're by yourself, right? This is just, it's just different. And so uh, I got a flat tire and I'm like, I know what to do. I know where the jack is. I know how to do it. Right. And so I got the car all jacked up. I got the tire off feeling good about myself, but I'm a kind of in a rush. I don't know where I was going, but I just remember being in a hurry. And so I got the spare on there, a little donut on there. Uh, I got the lug nuts locked back on and I started to lower the car down and I threw everything back in the trunk. I was like, I'll organize that later. And I jumped in my car and I took off. And as I picked up speed and I got to going about 40, 45 miles an hour, all of a sudden my entire car is doing this. <laughs> Something's not right. Okay. Like, I mean, the whole thing is shaking. Like, I mean, it, it was okay, but I did something wrong. So I pull back over to the side of the road and I, I do what, you know, every kid does. I call my dad. And I'm like, dad, this is what I did. I did this, I did this, I did this. And then the last thing I did was this. And he's like, once you lowered the car, did you tighten the lug nuts once there was, the, the car was on the ground? I'm like, I did not. <laughs> right? And I go and look, and these things are so janky. Like one of them's about to fall off. I was lucky I didn't lose one. Okay? So my front right tire is just doing this as I'm driving down the interstate, and it's completely out of line. And you know this, right? You've experienced this in your car when your tires are out of line or a loose tire. Like you can just, you, you, you know what that feels like, right? And here's what I want to equate that to today. Like when we are out of line in our spiritual lives, we can feel, it feels like this. You know, it feels like going through life like that. And today what I want to do is I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because the Corinthian church, the Christians in Corinth, this is what they are. They're, they're literally going through life, you know, like just trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus, but to do that even within gifts. So if you have your Bibles, open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because that's where we'll be. If you don't have a Bible, there's one right in front of you. You can use that. If you don't know where 1 Corinthians is, just open up the table of contents, find that and turn there. I would love for you to have this before you. Now, here's the thing. I think that it's not just the Corinthian church that was out of line. I get out of line in my own uh, faith with Jesus. And I think we do. And especially when it comes to the idea of spiritual gifts, because I think all of us in this room fall into one of three categories. And, and trust me, I spent some time thinking about this. I didn't want to put you in a box, but we're going to do that today, okay? One of three categories. One, you don't know what your spiritual gifts are. You, just, you don't know. You've never taken a spiritual gifts assessment. 
Um, you're not sure that maybe you even have a spiritual gift. Number two, you might know what your spiritual gift is, but you don't actually use your spiritual gift. Well, you know it, you could probably tell me what it is. And then when I say, hey, well, how are you using that? I don't know, right? Or three, you know what your spiritual gift is and you're actively using it right now. Now, here's what I venture to say. For the most part in this room, number three is probably the exception rather than the rule. Knowing what your spiritual gift is and actually being in a place where you can actually use it, 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 it's the exception. I want it to be the rule. We as pastors want it to be the rule. And that's why we're having this conversation because we want to figure out how to address this. So today, today we're going to talk about number one. For those of you in the room that might not know what your spiritual gift is. Next week, we're going to talk about number two. You know what your spiritual gift is, but you're not actively using it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today too. But I just want you to know, come back next week because I don't got enough time to get to both of those today. All right. They only give me so much time. Imagine that. All right. Here we go. So the Corinthian church, chapter 12, verse one, this is Paul writing to them, says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to pause for a second on our passage because you'll hear me say this from this stage multiple times. Context is king. We have to understand the context to understand what in the world is going on, right? Paul opens by saying, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. Obviously, the Corinthian Christians had asked a question, but what's the question? We don't know. We don't know. Like at some point, there was a letter that was written back to Paul and asking for some clarification. And in it was a question about spiritual gifts, but we don't know what that question was. Now, here's what you need to understand. The Corinthian, uh, this letter to the Corinthian Christians was written t- about 25 or so years after Jesus died and resurrected. This is three years after Paul establishes the church. So he establishes the church in Corinth, these Christians, and then he continues on his missionary journey. Now, if you're like me and you didn't grow up knowing Jesus, uh, you've spent a duration of your life uh, not following him, right? I spent 16 years not following him. And so I'm not gonna lie to you today, like, it took at least 16 years, if not longer, for me to correct and align and adjust my life to following Jesus and letting him be the Lord of my life. To be honest with you, I'm 25 years in, I'm not sure I'm still fully there, right? I don't know if I ever will be, let's be honest with you. I'm stubborn, um, right? Ask, ask my mother about that and she would tell you story after story. But that's the goal. And so here are these Corinthian, these Corinthian Christians. I, We have no idea what age these people were. They're probably different ages, but for the most part, they lived their entire lives doing what? Being led astray and swept along in worship of speechless idols. They they had spent the majority of their life up until they meet Paul, really just worshiping speechless pagan gods. And now Paul says, that's not the God. The one true God, he already can't, his name is Jesus and you need to follow him. And so they're trying to realign their life after following Jesus. And it's not easy. In fact, they're running into lots of problems. And, and the, the more time that passes between Paul being with them and not being with them, the more confused they seem to be getting. 
understandable, right? Have you ever followed, you know, have you ever walked with somebody who just accepted Jesus for a little bit? Like they're just, it's like, it's a roller coaster, right? Sometimes they're getting it. And sometimes you're like, what are we doing here? Right? Like you're, this isn't making sense to you, right? And here's what he says in verse three. So I want you to know, no one speaking by the spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit. He clarifies one thing up front. In a city, 80,000 people, it's like, it's a melting pot. It's trade. There's different people coming in. There's different religions being represented. They're having a hard time figuring out what is of God and what is not. And so Paul clarifies this very simply and says, there's no way that the third person of the Trinity is going to curse the second person of the Trinity. Hey, there's no way that the Holy Spirit is going to curse Jesus. Jesus is going to curse God. God's going to curse the Holy Spirit. That, that is not, it is an impossibility. There's one thing that the three of them do for each other and it's to glorify each other, to build each other up, to love each other. It is perfect unity between the three of them. They cannot curse each other. And so if there's somebody that is supposedly speaking on behalf of God and they're cursing Jesus, they're not speaking on behalf of God right? That's what he's making clear to them first and foremost. I need you to know this. Then he continues to help align them a little bit with some clarification around the roles of each of them. He says this in verse four, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Now, here's what he says. Different kind of spiritual gifts, but who gives each of us our spiritual gift? The same spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that works in you, that works in me. It's no different. And that's true for us today. That's true for them back then. It was the same Holy Spirit that was working through them. And he wanted to make sure they understood that. Then there are different kinds of service, different ways we can serve, but we're serving one Lord. That Lord is Jesus. So when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you, you accepted him as two things in that. Savior, the one who died in your place for the forgiveness of your sins, and Lord. Like, you die to yourself, and you live for Christ from that day forward. Lord means like he's the one who determines what you do, where you go, what you say. No longer is it about you. See, this is what's taken me 25 years because I still like to make it about me, you know? God, you know what? If you would just do this, we'd get along better, right? I start to give him my wish list. It ain't about my will. It's about his will. I died to myself 25 years ago, and now it's time for me to live for one person and one person alone, and that's him. Then he says, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. God works in different ways, but he, he, it's the same God who's working in each and every single one of us. He's trying to get them to understand there's this alignment within the Trinity, first and foremost. But then guess what? You and I are invited into that because the very next verse tells us how we're invited into that. He says in verse seven, a spiritual gift has been given to each of us so that we can help each other. Listen, if their goal is to glorify each other, glorify ultimately God, then guess what our goal is? To use our gifts to glorify God, 
to use our gifts to glorify God. That's why you've been given a gift. It's so that you can glorify God, so that you can get aligned. And if that's not happening, this is what it feels like going through life, right? Because you're not in alignment with him just yet. And we're going to get there. All right, let's keep reading. Uh, verse eight says this, to one person, he gives the spirit, the ability, excuse me, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now here's what I want you to hear today. You have a spiritual gift. And I know what some of you in here are thinking like, I don't really know. You're wrong. You're wrong today. Right? You have a gift. This scripture just tells us that the spirit gives each and every single one of us a spiritual gift. So you at least have one. I'd be willing to say you have two or three. And so if you don't know what that spiritual gift is yet, that's where we want to get to. We want you to understand what your spiritual gift is because this is how we join in with giving God the glory by using our gift and gifts together collectively. Now, one of my spiritual gifts um, is teaching. I love teaching. Uh, I love preaching. I love preparing to do this. Now, when I started back uh, in, uh, 16 years ago, I remember the first time I had a chance to teach in front of a larger group of people uh, as I was being paid as an intern. I walked into our high school ministry. There was about 120 plus students in our high school ministry. And as they continued to flood in um, and their excitement kept rising, my anxiety kept rising. Because I'm like, at some point they started a worship ladder. I got more, I got more anxious and nervous, right? Because here is, I'm going to walk up on stage and teach all these kiddos. Now, my boss had prepared me well. We had worked through the sermon together. Uh, I had practiced it. It was supposed to be 25 minutes, 25 minutes. I'd gone through that five or six times. I knew it was 25 minutes. And he said to me right before I went on stage, take a deep breath, take your time. Because when people get in front of others and they speak, Sometimes they talk faster. I don't think I heard any of that because I was just so dang nervous. Roughly 12 minutes later, I was done with my sermon. 12 minutes. That's not even close to 25 minutes. Thank you, Jesus, we didn't record things back then. I don't ever want to hear that. I, like the micro machine man. I, I don't know what happened. I came off the stage and I just looked at him. I was like, I said, you were right. <laughs> you know, like I got nothing. You know, I don't know what just happened up there. Now, understand when we discover what our gift is, it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out how to use that. We're going to take practice to become better at that. It's not like I just came out of college and all of a sudden I could, I could stand up here and teach and preach for 25 minutes. That's not even close to the truth. It was 12 minutes. It was an utter failure. But verse seven says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. What, what I felt when I came off. Yes, I felt like I failed my boss. 
But I also felt this sense of like, whatever that was, it was amazing. I can't wait to do it again. Why? Because the spirit was using me with a gift that he gave me to help others. And even though it was only 12 minutes of glory, it was 12 minutes of glorifying God, okay? And that is what I'm talking about when I talk about there's this spiritual alignment that is that we're called into, that, that Paul's telling these young infant Christians in Corinth, like this is where you got to work harder towards this. And the great thing is, is he lists this nine spiritual gifts. Now we get asked sometimes in the church, what are the spiritual gifts? There's a little bit of uh, conflict about that in the church, right? Big C church. And so uh, our, answer to that question is, listen, we, the word of God is, we take it hundred percent. It's inerrant. It's perfect in every way. And so we turn to the four places where they talk specifically about spiritual gifts. And so I want to show you those today because I want you to see this in a, a little bit of a graph. I'm visual. So hopefully this will help somebody in the room. Okay. So Romans 12, uh, this isn't like, this is repeated on the screens. This isn't like, anyways, uh, that confused me with this being around. Like, Whoa, that's a lot more than I made. Um, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Now, any of those that are highlighted and italicized, it just means that they came in a previous passage already. They're repeated again. Every one of you has one of these gifts. Every one of you in this room has one of these gifts on this screen. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first saw these, uh, I was like 16, 17 year old. I was like, exhortation. I don't even know what that means. Healing. Nope. Going to stay away from that one, right? Where am I, right? But I didn't understand them. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what it meant. And so here's the thing. Knowing what your spiritual gift is because an assessment tells you is one thing, but actually understanding what it means is another thing. And again, that's why we as a pastoral team are here for you guys. We want to help identify what is that gift that you've been given? And then how do you go about using that gift for the kingdom of God? And so going back to verse seven, it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. I have two questions this morning. It just begs two questions. And this, I think, was what Paul probably would have said if he was present with these infant Christians in Corinth. And the first one is this, do you know your spiritual gift? Do you know your spiritual gift? Because if you don't, that, that's gotta be the first step to this process. What is that spiritual gift? The other night, man and I were talking in our living room and we we're talking about this and she's like, I, I'm not sure. It's been a long time if I have, but I, have, I haven't taken a spiritual gifts assessment in a long time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you should probably do that. You know, like I'm going to tell everybody else to do that this Sunday. And, uh, and then she does that thing, you know, husbands that, that sometimes your wife does where she asks you a question. That's a trick, right? I think I know my spiritual gifts. What do you think mine are? Nope, 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 and nope. Right? I ain't doing that. Uh-uh, you take the assessment, let it tell you. I ain't going to do that one bit. Right? Now, the truth is, is that I did tell her a little bit later, like, I'm pretty sure I know what her spiritual gifts are because I've 
lived long enough with her to, to see these and observe these. But I was like, you got to take the assessment and then we can talk, right? <laughs> like, I'm not, we're not going there. Same thing for you. I'm not going to tell you what your gifts might be. Like, take the assessment and then let's come talk. Okay, come talk to me. We'll, we'll talk through it and we'll work through it. But the truth is, is that you have a gift. And so we want you to take this test so that you know what that gift is. Because one of those that's listed on the screen, that's your gift. And, and when you realize what it is and you start to get in a place uh, where you can use it, it's that there's this alignment. And so it brings the second question that I think Paul would ask is this. Are you using your gift to help others? He says in verse seven, so that we can help each other. Because you see some of you in here, you know what your gift is, but you use your gift to be successful in your job. You use your gift uh, to make sure you have a, a good reputation amongst your friends. You use your gift for your glory not his glory. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that just maybe you have one of these gifts and it does work in the job that you have. I literally work at the church and use my gift uh, in that. That's not a negative thing, but the question comes back to, are you using your gift for his glory? Or are you using your gift for your glory? That's, that's the difference. Because we're called to use our gift for his glory. When we help other people and we see what that looks like and we feel that and we actually do help somebody else, then all of a sudden, there it is. Right? You, you, I, I can't even, man, I wish I could explain this and get you to feel this. But you have a gift for his glory. I guess the best way I can do this is so sweet. I told this story for a service without using name the name because I hadn't asked permission of the person in our congregation. And then afterwards, uh, she came up to me and was like, you can use my name. I'm like, okay. I didn't ask you and I was like, got nervous. Um, now let me do something I said I wasn't gonna do. Okay, my wife hasn't taken the assessment, but I'm gonna tell her one of her gifts right now. My wife has the gift, spiritual gift of discernment. Okay, she, she just can't. She, can, she knows, she'll tell me sometimes. And when she tells me things, I'm just, I know it's through prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit. And she just, she does. She has the gift of discernment. And so a couple of years ago, two years ago, um, I was trying to find some new small group leaders for a high school ministry. And so I, I was just surveying our congregation and she came to me and said, you know who would be great? Maria would be great at being a high school small group leader because she has the gift of, of pastoring. Now, what you probably just thought about is like me standing here now. now. This is the gift of preaching and teaching. The gift of pastoring is what I do the rest of the week, right? Where, where you are spiritually in charge of a group of people and doing your best to shepherd and encourage them towards Christ. And she said, listen, this Maria's, she's got that. I've seen it. I, I know it. And so just, so she had already done the heavy lifting. She was like, I've already actually kind of started to talk to her about it. I'm like, oh, I got this. I'll go close the deal. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> sorry if we've done this to you before. Anyways. Uh, so I, I went to her and I said, I said, Maria, like my wife thinks you have the gift of pastoring. And here's what I'm, here's my promise to you. I want you to serve in a high school ministry for a year, school year. I said, if at the end of the school year, you come back to me and you tell me, I did not, no, let me reverse this. I'm telling you, this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna come back and you're gonna say, I got so much more from leading those high school girls than I could ever, ever dream of giving them. I said, if you don't come back and say that in a year, you can quit, no questions asked. I, I'll never ask you to serve again. You can just be done. 
She's like, okay, okay, I'm in, I'm in. About a year later, I just stepped into this role. We're standing out in the lobby. Maria walks up to me and goes, you know, you were right. And usually I'm like, <laughs> yes, I was, you know? My wife doesn't let me be right often. So, um, but I had no idea what she was talking about. My like, Maria, what do you mean I was right? She goes, you're right. What those girls have given me this year, there's, there's no way I could get back to them. There's just no way. And in fact, after in between services, she came up and she goes, it's still true. She's tears in her eyes. She's like, I don't, I'm not sure I do anything for them, but what they do for my heart is unbelievable on a week to week basis. What is that? It's this. It's alignment. It's her recognizing her spiritual gift. God, through the Holy Spirit, using that to help others. And ultimately, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Some of you ask me on Sundays, like after Sunday, are you tired? I think it's because you think I walk around a lot on the stage. I don't know. But I say, yes, when I go home on Sunday, I am mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted. But I am on fire when it comes to my spirit. Like I'm ready to go plan the next sermon as soon as I walk out of this building. Because it is the gift that God's given me. And when this happens and it takes place and you've experienced this, it is the most amazing thing to ever feel. It is, I mean, it is unreal to do what you know God created you to do and gifted you to do. And that's what I want for each of you. That's what we want for each of you. Sure, do we have serving gaps in places? Yes, but I could care less about that. There's a woman that came up to give me five after first service and said, I crochet. She's like, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. Notice I didn't say it's a spiritual gift because crocheting is not a spiritual gift. It's a passion, okay? Just get that out of the way. I don't know how they do it, but it's, it's a passion, right? And she said, I, I, I want to make some stuff, but is there a way that you could get it to someone? I'm like, heck yeah, we got somebody. I pointed this way because she's over there. That, that leads a group of people that every two weeks meets and, and, and does exactly this. And we take those things and we take them to the hospital so that they can, and I'm like, okay, so you still need to take the assessment because that's not your spiritual gift is what I told her. Um, she, she's going to do so and we're going to talk about it. But anyways, like, that, that, come on. Like, I want you to experience this. I want you to experience this. So here's what we have for you this morning, Okay. We have a QR code. It's massive. Put that thing up there. You can't miss this, all right? Uh, take out your phone if you want to. This Smartphones only, no flip phones. Just get, be clear, okay? Some of y'all still got a flip phone. It's cool, right? Put, your, put it up there. Put, open up your camera. You don't have to take a picture of this. My mom takes pictures of QR codes. She's got tons of pictures of QR codes. Never been to a link, okay? So put it up there and there's this little yellow bar. Sorry, mom. A little bar that comes up. Click on that and it'll shoot you over to your your internet page. That's the spiritual gifts test that's on our website. Now, I'm just gonna tell you this right now. It's 90 questions. Don't freak out about that, okay? They're short sentences that you're gonna choose one through five, whether one, no, I, I really don't like doing that at all, or five, yes, I absolutely love doing that. Now, here's what I'm gonna tell you. It, I did it this morning before you guys got here. It took me maybe 15 minutes, probably more like 10. Because the point isn't to sit there and think about, well, what do I want people to think of me? Or what do I wish I was? You just answer the first number that comes to your mind. Now, here's where the pastor's gonna be real honest with you this morning, okay? My spiritual gift is not being generous. It's just not, okay? When, the, when it comes up and says, do you uh, give generously with joy? And I'm like, three, 
okay? I just do because do I give generously? That question's asked later and I'm like, yes, I'll give myself a four because we do give generously. Do I do it with joy? I'm gonna give myself a three because I'm still working that one out, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I wanna do that this morning, honey. And then my wife who is a generous giver smacks me in the leg and says, quit screwing around, right? Like, give. Um, and so I do. Now, i be honest with you. The more honest you are in that, the more you'll understand what your gifts actually are. If you just pick four all the way down, you're not gonna have any clue what your gift is. By the way, mercy is my lowest. You ask my kids about that one, okay? It's my lowest. But it just takes 10 minutes assessment and it'll tell you what your gift is. And then the great part is, I was reminded of this after service, you get an email back sent to you uh, so that you can see exactly what that is. So you don't have to like save that page and, and it'll explain a little bit about what that gift means. We want you to, to discover that this week. I want you to do that this week. Even if you've done it before, I want you to do it again. Because sometimes I ask, God asked this question via text in between services, do your gifts change as you get older? I don't know the answer to that quite yet because I haven't thought long enough about it. But what I do know is that as I've gotten older, they become clearer, right? As I've gotten older, I, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt before even taking an assessment, even I can take an assessment now and be like, well, this question's about this, you know, like I just know. And so it's hard to take assessments because I'm, I'm like playing mind games with it. Anyways, moving on, right? Take the assessment, come back next week. And we're going to talk about what we do with our gifts. How do we actually build up into the body? But know this for today. You've been given a spiritual gift. And when, gosh, you are adorable over there. Stop it. You're distracting everyone, including me. You are so stinking adorable. Spiritual gift of adorableness. It's not a spiritual gift, but gosh, she's killing me. I want to hold that baby, right? You've been, I'm so distracted. Give a, you've been given a gift. And when you use it to help others, you're going to bring glory to God. And I'm just telling you, it's going to be something different. It's gonna feel like driving down the interstate with the car just aligned, as smooth as can be, fresh pavement, and you're just gonna be cruising. It's gonna be an amazing feeling. And I want that for you. So please join me in figuring this out because this is what Paul wanted for the Corinthian church because it was all about them building into their muscles, becoming stronger, becoming more like Jesus so that they could give God more glory. That's our goal. Pray with me. Jesus, we want that. We want to know what our gifts are. We want to be uh, inspired by your spirit, given opportunities to use them to help others so that we can bring our heavenly father glory. God, would you receive all the glory from the gifts that you've given us? Would you work in and through us to become more like your son, Jesus? And Holy Spirit, help us, help us to be bold with our gifts. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for today. Thanks for your word. Thanks for Paul and his message to the Corinthian church. May we take it and learn from it today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.